Hello, you're listening to An Open Dialogue. I am Violet Howe. <laughs> and I'm Todra Candle, and I'm not sure whether I really am with Violet Howe today because she seemed to have a senior moment and forget who she was. I, I just like cut a space for a second. Like, I, I mean, I knew who I, <laughs> I Did I ever really know who I am? I, it was kind of the process of like, you know what? I normally say hi. I normally say hi. Yes. You're listening to an open dialogue. I know. You kind of threw me. And last week I said hello. Okay. And then today I said hello and I'm like, oh, I was going to go back to saying hi. And then I realized <laughs> that I didn't say my name. Maybe we so, should change it up every time. We should say guten tag or exactly. Bon Bonjour or Bienvenue. like yeah. um yeah so as if this is your first time listening this is really indicative of what our podcast is like we're That's, very casual true. we're very laid yes, back we, we are. are not stuffy um, and occasionally we screw up things. So, um, yes, if that is, if that's, if you have that, if that's a problem, then, life, then you're good here. And yeah. if not, if you expect everything to be perfect, well, we're, we're not, not your podcast. We're not your girls, <laughs> your women. No, no, we are adorably flawed. <laughs> I love that. I love I that. I would say we're AF, but that has a whole different meaning in life right now. But true. We're, true. We are true. adorably flawed AF. Okay. There you go. And you know what? As we and 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 I'm springing this on you. You, you okay. get ready to be surprised here. Uh-oh. Um, no. If if you have not, if this is the first time you listen to our podcast, then um, you know, go. You might. This is going to provoke you to go back, inspire you to go back and listen to other ones. But um, I, last week we talked about friendship, and afterwards, you know, we, we don't talk about. We're, we're like. Ch- host chat on it used yeah, to be reaches and kelly we, we'll do a loose outline of like right. we know we want to cover these points but for yes. the most part we try not to talk yes because we want it to be time. fresh and genuine yeah. we don't want to be like oh yeah that's right and i especially have a problem with that because i'll think oh we talked about that already anyway uh the point is that we talked about friendship last week and when we are doing these <laughs> podcasts it's tough for me to sometimes remember like to, to walk that balance of we are professionals and whatever um, whatever, heavy <laughs> on the whatever, but also that we are, um, we are friends first and foremost. And actually there's a movie that's called friends first and foremost. Bet you didn't know that movie buff. Um, anyway, um, However, when we talked about friendship afterwards, after we got off, Violet said to me, I was a little shocked because we were talking about friendship and you said, no, I don't really have friends like that. Clearly, and I said, I got cut off at one point and I'd said to her, clearly you are the exception and I love you. But um, the, the truth is that I was... I was holding on to my professional podcast persona at that point. I didn't know we had those. I, oh, I, I like okay. Included. I didn't know we had a professional persona. <laughs> we Dang. do. Mm-hmm. No, we we don't go there a whole lot. But I was thinking about that, and you know, to me, it was just a given that if anybody has listened to us, you can tell that we talk about things that that we have experienced together and separately and whatever. We we actually we should do a podcast just on our history as finding each other as friends and realizing how much we had in common. How hard the universe had worked to put us together. Right? Yes, we should. We should do it. That should be our follow-up on that. But um, at any rate, I just wanted to clear that up, that, that that should be, that should have been like one of those things that, it's like when my kids say, well, you know, do you love any 23-year-olds? Well, if, yeah, definitely. I love you. That that should go without even saying, you know, to my 23-year-old daughter. Uh, but, but I'm going on from that. To me, that's a given. Um, so anyway, but that's cleared up. So having said that, now you're going to pause us. You're going to run back and listen to that other podcast. You're going to make a note for yourself and say, oh, now I want to listen to that. Please do. But today we're talking about 
Where'd you get that idea? Do you often get, do people come up to you at, at events or yes. online and say, where did you get the idea for? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Especially if it's a crazy idea. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and do you always give the same answer? Um, well, if it's where I got that idea, yeah. Otherwise, that okay. would be lying. <laughs> well, generally, sometimes readers will say to me, where do you get your ideas? Oh, Not okay. just it, like, like a generic. Right. Like a generic. Okay. How do you get ideas for books? And I know that in my, when I was doing, I don't do as many events anymore because I'm not too important for events. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, I just have, uh, time is, is, uh, is a big issue for me. So I don't do as many um, events as I did. But when I used to do them back to back, I would get tired of saying the same thing. So sometimes I would change up and it was, they were all the truth, but I would change it up. So they were different variations of the truth. They were, they were different. I feel like views. we've wandered into inception Ooh, and I need to check and see if my go. top is spinning. Not my top. <laughs> my, my... What top okay. are you wearing that might be spinning? <laughs> well, you said we we're doing professional attire. I mean, professional personas. I'm trying to change my wardrobe Okay. Here. Well, I'm in All yoga right. pants and a sweatshirt if anybody wonders about that. But, you know, okay. that, that's as professional as I got today. So anyway, so generally, where do you get your story ideas? Everywhere. Basis. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like literally, like I sometimes I may be in a restaurant and he overhear a conversation at the table next to me. Like, <gasps> you eavesdrop? Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. I am shocked, <laughs> Violet. How shocked um, I my, am. And my poor husband, like I'll lean across and I'm like, did you hear that? And he's oblivious, you know, of he's course. like eating his dinner. He's like, what? And I'm like, her sister brought back this guy. Like I, I know the whole family story. <laughs> and of course, you know, it bubbles into something else in my head or sometimes just seeing people that that seemed to be a very interesting character of like you know when you look at someone and immediately you're quoting still magnolias and going there's a story there um <laughs> just in their appearance or their mannerisms um sometimes it may be something that i drive past sometimes it may be something that's like a, a moment in my head that like strikes me as odd um you know, like I was, I was on an airplane one time and I, I had on sandals and I had, or flip-flops actually, and I had kicked them off and had my feet just like resting on the top of them. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, if we crashed and I had to run across tough terrain, I'm in flip-flops. I should wear like hiking boots <laughs> whenever we fly in case I have to run. <laughs> and then I was like, what if there was this girl who was like paranoid about crashing and having the right shoes on and then one day she actually crashes and she's the only person with with hiking boots on and like a whole story has like evolved from that that moment of me having on flip-flops on a plane so right it, it's crazy that they just kind of bubble up from these tiny little things what about well, you I think that, that you've hit on it and it, for me I always tell people and this is true that it is the what if questions I like yeah. to ask, and that can come from a, a movie, a television show, um, a book. It can come from a situation within people, the lives of people whom I know. It can come from, as you said, restaurants. I will, I will often think, what if, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on between this couple, but what if this was the situation? Right. And then it goes from there. Um, you know, it, that's a lot of what it is. Um, and that was definitely how things, I'm a character-driven author. Yes. So yes. for me, it is always, it almost always, I'm not going to say always because sometimes there's differences, but it almost always begins with a character, with here's this person, what made them this way? What is their 
their pivotal moment right now and what is it going to look like going forward for them? And that's the story. That really yeah. is what all is, of our What stories. is their backstory? Yeah. How did they exactly. get to this point and why are they the way they are? Whether Absolutely. Whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Now, and then what is going to happen in this story that's going to propel them to right. the next version of themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And and now for me, I will say that that, that was always it starting out. But then as I um, kind of segued into writing, uh, most of the majority of my series are about women who are um, in their early to mid 20s to late 20s, some of them. Um, and I happen to have three young women in my life who are 23, 27, and 30. And so, hey, I've got like ready-made fodder. All I have to do is pop the popcorn, sit back and watch. <laughs> there it is. So, so that has Just been fun. Just sit quietly in the back of the room and take notes. <laughs> exactly. And that has been, that has been fun to take things that, and, and, and with some exceptions, most of the time it's, oh, you know, it's, it's conversations that I'm having with my kids that they'll say, oh, um, this and that happened. And then I, I think about, but what if this ended up being the outcome? Or, you know, I don't think this is what it's going to be, but what if this ended up happening? And what if this person decided to do that? And what would that look like? And what would this person's reaction be? Or what if, um, what if the person who this happened to wasn't exactly like my daughter and made a different choice? Right. What would, what would that be going forward? So the what if. The story ideas come from our what if, and that can be on a bus, on a train, on a plane, at home, in a restaurant, Absolutely. in the park, like, you know, watching a movie, listening to a song, whatever. We The what if yes. is what sparks us. Exactly. So let's talk about your, your series that you've already done. Okay. Where did the idea for those series come from? Um, well, I, I'm thinking about my very first one first, and that is... is uh, is the King series. And, and that came from a weird place. When I had um, babies, my sister and I used to have a joke that we, we believed that if we thought too hard about our babies, they would wake up. Like you would be going, you would be going to bed and you would be, they would be asleep and you would think to yourself, I can't think about them because if I think about them, they're going to like hear me thinking and wake up. And that kind of morphed into, well, what if you had a child who had the ability to hear, uh, to hear thoughts, and what would that look like, and um, you know how how would that then morph into a child who was say seventeen or eighteen and has been able to hear other people's thoughts all of their life? What would that that child's childhood and family life have looked like? Uh, so, and that the, and that became the impetus for that. Um, and now for other series, um, it's been all different kind of impetuses. Music is a huge inspiration for me. Um, I actually did a like panel. song lyrics, song lyrics, or yes, or the overall story of of songs. So um, okay, I did a panel. I've actually done several panels about how music inspires uh, stories, and that has been um, a, a big thing. Uh, my perfectish romance uh, came from. It was supposed to be a revenge scenario, and it came from Miranda Lampert's. Um, not my mama's broken heart. Um, you know, just this idea of, uh, of what you would do if your heart had been broken and, and moving forward into, you know, kind of a, a revenge scenario, <laughs> but, right, but a funny right. one, not a, not a spooky one, not a boiling the rabbit, you know, kind of <laughs> scenario, because that never happens in my books. Um, 
so that has been that has been some of it but really more recently it has been um my my kids um my uh, daughter th this was actually my my most fun story i think for uh, inspiration uh, i was coming back from indie book fest uh, the year of the hurricane and i had author gail priest with me who is a good friend and we were we were driving home um, we had a car full of stuff you know after a convention you have a lot of stuff especially if you're the one who ran it and i had <laughs> um, my my daughter haley in the car too and so we're driving home and we're in our development and uh, there's a huge turtle crossing the road right around the corner from my house and so we stop and we're like, okay, we have to save this turtle. You know, clearly it's post hurricane. This turtle's been turned around. We're going to save this turtle. So um, Gail and I kind of get out of the car and we're looking at it like, how are we going to do this? And as we're doing this, this nice looking young man comes, drops, he's been doing yard work. He drops his rake and starts coming to the car and says, oh, can I give you a hand? And we're like, yeah, there's a turtle. We're trying to move it. And as at this, the turtle runs under my car clearly does not want to be saved, okay? Right. And Either and, that or is not quite sure saving is what you guys are intending. Exactly, true. <laughs> now, at this moment, I'm thinking, oh, Haley's in the back seat. This is a nice looking guy about her age. I, of course, don't say this because I am her mother. However, Gail has no qualms about this, opens the door, leans in the back seat and says, Haley, get out of the car. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, though, um, the guy's like, well, I can't reach it, but why don't you drive forward real slowly and I'll see if I can get the turtle. You, know, you drive forward, don't hit him, but just drive forward slowly and then I'll grab him. The dang turtle walks along at the speed of the car and does not, again, want to be saved. So afterwards, he did actually end up picking the turtle up and going on and, and taking him to, to, his, to the lake and life went on. But Gail said to Haley, I can't believe you didn't get out of the car. This guy was seriously hot. <laughs> and, you know, and this became, <laughs> this became the impetus uh, for 50 Frogs, which then um, launched the meet cute uh, world that we did, right, which right. then actually ended up leading into um, my anti Cinderella books because it's it's linked to that. So um, it's been it was really fun because Fifty Frogs uh, then became a book that was all about um, things that actually happened to all three of my daughters. Every incident in that book, as as Vivian is is kissing frogs, actually happened to one of my daughters. Um, and do they care? that you use their, their life material? <laughs> um, they don't necessarily advertise it to their friends. Right. Um, but they, they uh, I think that they find it, you know, amusing. They're glad that I can do it. And I always tweak it just a little bit to protect right. the- Right, so it's not like- Yes, to protect exact. the innocent and the not so innocent because I don't want to, <laughs> you know. So so that is, that is basically, and actually David um, and his friends, now that I've pretty much exhausted the girls' lives. Uh, my son, David, is 18, and he- So he's old enough to start having- He's old enough to start having, and he and his friends this past Christmas started talking to me about cuffing season, which is- Cuffing? Cuffing, C-U-F-F-I-N-G, and don't let your mind go to the bad place because it's not about that. Okay, because it went there right away, and it I'm like, there, David, uh, really? Know, right? No, this is this <laughs> idea that he and his friends have that before the holidays, there's something that they call cuffing season where you want to find a girlfriend so that you have somebody for the holidays and, and their adventures in how they're seeking 
a girlfriend. But wait, I thought guys didn't want girls for the holidays because oh. they didn't want to have to buy Christmas presents. Oh, contraire. Mon frère. Really? Not this, really? not this, the, it's a, it's a brave new world and guys okay. are completely different. And this is a whole group of guys who are right around David's age and they all have similar goals and they have a language that they use and they have authorized me to write a book that will come out around the Christmas season that is going to be called The Cuffing Season about these guys really? as they are seeking Yes, desperately seeking uh, companionship as they as they move in. And they've made me promise. Oh, yes. And they've made me promise that one of the guys will not find a girlfriend and will understand that it's okay to, you know, some to of them will. To be alone will, during cuffing yes. season. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Yep. There we go. Yeah. That's really cool. I know. That's, I'm excited to read that. One. I, I'm excited to write it. Yeah, that's, that's going to be coming up. I'll be writing it in the summer. So I'll be listening to you know see this is like educational it i had is. no idea i know i've always thought guys broke up with girls right before christmas and right before valentine's day because they didn't want to buy stuff <laughs> like i said brave new world and and this could be a whole other podcast about how things are changing and how i'm yeah, watching things definitely. change oh even yeah we need to write i'm, I'm actually gonna write that down that. because like with the whole thing of texting and online dating apps mm -hmm. and things like that like the entire world of dating yes. is completely different than it was all those ancient ancient years ago when you yeah. and i were doing this i'm a lot older than you so you know a lot we had we still had gramophones in my day and we were you know doing that. <laughs> anyway so now tell me how do you what what has been your inspiration for your series and you have some you have some cool ones well, with the Tales Behind the Veil series, uh, that was inspired. I actually was a wedding planner for 15 years. Um, I did uh, 10 years in Disney's Fairytale Weddings Department in various roles within that department. Um, Cue the Tinkerbell so sparkles Exactly. Here. Um, so we held various roles in that department as, um, as assistants, as trainer, as, you know, uh, just all different roles within that, within that wedding planning realm. And then I had my own wedding planning company for five years. And it always fascinated me, like the role of a wedding planner, you are seeing inside this family situation or inside this relationship situation. And you're privy to information that you shouldn't be as a stranger. You become the arms, armchair psychologist, you know, because people are, are telling you all their family drama and you're finding out all the issues and you're finding out all the ways they met and you're fine. You're, you're definitely seeing their relationship dynamic. Um, I had a couple one time that every time I was with them, they yelled and screamed and called each other names. And it was the most unpleasant thing to be a part of. And you're just like, you people don't need to be married. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you also saw weddings that the love was so just almost, you know, palpable in the room, the love between the couple and between their families and between their friends. And it was such a cool thing to, to be a part of. And so I always, I always kind of talked about that. It was like having a window into other people's lives. And so that inspired like wanting to write a story from a viewpoint of a wedding planner with her kind of looking into these relationships and looking into these people's lives um, and her little experience of that. But also I was, unfortunately, I went through a divorce while I was a wedding planner and that is not the funnest job to have when your relationship is falling apart yeah. or when there is not love and romance in your life. And so kind of having that wedding planner go through this progression of being a single wedding planner and wondering if love 
exist even though she's surrounded by it every day and then progressing through finding love but finding out that just because you find love doesn't mean you go straight to happily ever after there's all these complications and all these you know people are messy and um and then kind of having her plan her own wedding so that's that's where that came from was from kind of being a wedding planner and having this unique point of view and wanting to explore that um wanting to kind of explore you know what that is to be in that position Ghost in the Curve, the the first book in the Cedar Creek series, the Cedar Creek Mysteries, Ghost in the Curve came from a, um, I lived at the time in a small town in Florida, which is kind of what Cedar Creek is loosely based upon, Mm -hmm. and there was this curve that I had to take on my way home because we lived quite a ways outside town. And the curve went right around a portion of a lake where the lake kind of came right up to the road. And there were these huge, you know, cypress trees and huge cedar and Mm -hmm. these trees with all this Spanish moss hanging down. And it was the scariest, darkest place at night going into this curve with all the, you know, the Spanish moss when it's swaying back and forth at the wing Mm. in the wind at night is scary anyway. And I just had this thought of how horrible it would be to break down in that curve. Like that would be the the only stretch of that road because the other stretch had, you know, houses dotted here and there or lights and, um, and, and how horrible it would be to be trapped in that curve. And what if, you know, what if I was driving into that curve one night and I saw a ghost, what would I do? And like, and just kind of like mulling over that and that kind of turned into, well, what if it was a, what if it wasn't a scary ghost? What if it was a ghost that needed my help? And would I be able to get over my own fears in order to help this spirit or whatever? And then that kind of, you know, sparked um, Sloan and Chelsea's relationship and Sloan finding Chelsea in the curve. Um, the other half of the Cedar Creek series, because Cedar Creek has two different um, stories that, that fall under it or two different types of stories. So there's Cedar Creek Mysteries and Cedar Creek Families. In the Cedar Creek Families Building Fences, um, we I'm from Mississippi, and I also have family in Pensacola, Florida. And so since we moved to Orlando, driving back and forth to see family, we would drive through Ocala. And Ocala has a huge concentration of horse farms, um, like thoroughbred racing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's gorgeous. It is such a beautiful area. There's these oh, yes. rolling green hills and these big, majestic oak trees, again, with the Spanish moss hanging. And there's what seems like miles of black horse fencing. And I, I would drive through these. And I mean, it's just so serene and so beautiful. And, and you know, I, I would drive through this area and I wanted to explore I wanted to know what it was like to ride a horse across those fields. And I wanted to know what it was like to live on those horse farms. And I wanted to know what their life was like. And so I had kind of come up with this girl who is from somewhere else, but has a circumstance that suddenly puts her on this farm because I wanted it to be someone who didn't grow up in that way of life because I didn't know anything about that way of life, but I was curious about it. So I wanted it to be somebody that would, that would suddenly land in this environment. And at the same time, Um, one of my really close friends was in the process of trying to find her birth mother. She'd been adopted and she was trying to find her birth mother. And and we were kind of talking through that of like the different emotions involved, um, the different emotions her adoptive mother was going through and different emotions she was going through. And then, you know, when she actually found her birth mother and and the two of them and, and all the things that kind of stir up or come up in that. And, um, so that kind of created, like, I wanted to explore that as well. So I took the girl searching for her birth mother and put her on the horse farm and, um, and kind of combine those two. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And that has been, that has been a fun, um, a fun series and, and, um, 
although when I say fun, I, that, that makes it sound like it's, it's light and whatever. And there's, there's some deep angst in those books too. So that has been. But, it, there, but there's also light, I think oh, too. There's, there's, I think a little a bit of, of both. There, there's some, there's some light, there's some sexy times. There's some, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Excellent. excellent. Um, so I think with both of us talking, like where the idea starts is not always where the book ends up. No, you know what I mean? Like no, you, you have absolutely. the seed of an idea that's, that sparks that. And then what you actually get from the book is entirely, you know, different. Yes. So I'm very curious, what are some ideas that you have right now that you know at some point you want to develop into future stories? Because I would love for us to have this little um, moment in time, this little time <laughs> capsule where we said, this is what the idea is. And then later, when that story actually comes to fruition, we see how different it is. Okay. Um, well, a, a story that, that started out completely differently and then ended up um, segueing into something which is now going to segue into something else or my keeping score books. Um, I actually started writing this series uh, during NaNoWriMo, I believe, uh, back, okay. in, back in 2010. And it was, it was a bad NaNoWriMo for me because, which is, I should say, it's National Novel Writing Month, if you're not uh, uh, familiar with NaNoWriMo. Yes. It is November. Um, it is November. And, and it is National yes. Novel Writing Month. Right. They take the two, the first two letters of each word. And yes. it's actually um, a challenge where they challenge you to write 50,000 words in 30 days. Right. Exactly. So I had, I already had um, finished uh, two books, had not published them yet because I was still kind of going back and forth between New York to try to see if, if I wanted to go that route. And um, that month was also the month that my oldest daughter got engaged and we went to New York for 10 days. And that, you know, it, was, it just became, it, I didn't actually finish the book but I started it and it was um, inspired by um, my my second daughter's uh, a situation that my second daughter had with two young men who she knew uh, both of whom were were kind of in love with her and and how she was dealing with that and um, and, and again that just became the spark actually what happened in real life had nothing to do with what ended up happening um, in the keeping score books, which then I threw in football too, which I, I'm a football lover. So this was the, I'd been looking for an excuse to write a football book for a long time. Anyway, so so the keeping score series um, evolved into this this um, idea of of what is it like when there's three friends, two guys and a girl, and how does that and there's love there? How does that look? You know, what does that look like? And it has um, inspired a lot of. Um, deep and strong feeling in my readers who have very, very definite opinions about who, uh, who, she, who, sh Quinn should, who she yes, should end who up Quinn with, should end up with and, and the different decisions that each of them have made along the way. And it's, it's one of my only series, uh, where the first three books are not standalones. You really have to read all of them because they end the first two end on uh, semi cliffhangers anyway. Um, but then after I had finished the, after I'd finished, uh, Nate Quinn and, and Leo's story, um, there were sub stories there that involved other people in their lives. So, um, not broken anymore was one, um, your Wildest Dreams, which came out this past November, was another. And then there's going to be a third that comes out uh, this fall called Sway, which is uh, another kind of spin-off series, but it, it still will include the same characters. However, um, in the course of writing Your Wildest Dreams, a friend of mine came and said, 
uh, she's a cover designer and she said, I came up with these covers. I made them for you. I don't know if you can use them. I know you already have your covers for the, you know, for the, the next books here, but I, they're football covers. And it really did inspire me to say, Ooh, I'm going to write a series of college football books that are specifically college football that are a spinoff of Your Wildest Dreams. So in Your Wildest Dreams, there is the, the opening for this, and it's going to be a varsity college football book. And the idea is that you have this um, college team that is... Uh, has had some really tough times. It's, you know, they've gone through the, the, the football program has just been broken and, um, and injured by some bad situations and how they are rebuilding and, and the, the coaches goals, the, um, the players goals, the, the things that the, the obstacles that the players are overcoming to try to rebuild this team. And of course, at the same time, you have, um, you know, football players who are going through college and romance and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so that, that, that's kind of my, uh, the one that I'm, I'm very excited about right now. At this point in my career, I'm not finding, I, I'm finding more series spinoffs than I am brand new ideas, just because I already have a lot of series and, and I really prefer to stick with those. Um, well, you know, those people, I know, those you know what people. I mean? Yeah. Like their family, you yeah. know them. And so exactly. you want to know what's going on with them and kind of update exactly. and kind of, you know, yes. reach out to the other people that you've Absolutely. met through yes. those stories. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the same thing that's happening in my love in the small town that, you know, those books will go on indefinitely because we just keep, we just keep adding and, and like, Oh, here, we're going to tell this person's people. story. Yeah. yeah. So, so there should be another book, um, at least one more book coming out in love in small town. There'll be another one coming out, um, in the, the uh, Crystal Cove, which is my beach series, and that's going to be inspired by um, surrogate parenthood. Um, and then the, you know, the Keeping Score series and the anti-Cinderella books, they all have, uh, you know, they all have kind of things that are, my head is a, is a scary collection of whirling <laughs> dervishes. So, whoo, 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 here we go. So anyway, so that's, that's mine. And I actually know a couple of yours, and I'm intrigued to hear you talk about them. So, well, I have, um, I have more planned for Sloan and Tristan yes. in the Cedar Yay. Creek series. Yay. And um, and I also have several families in who live in Cedar Creek that I want to ex explore their story. So there's um, several people who we're meeting through the course of um, Building Fences and, and the book that's almost finished <laughs> now. Um, and so I have several stories planned, one of which is the plane crash story that we talked about. Right, which I'm excited um, about. One of which was inspired by something that happened to you and I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Where we had a very odd encounter <laughs> in a hotel, you know, yeah. it, it, well, I guess it started in the parking lot. It was like it 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning. We uh -huh. were on the beginning of the road trip from hell. <laughs> You'll have to listen to earlier podcasts to know more about that. And um, it started like in the parking lot. We're unloading our car at like 2.30 in the morning. And there's like this bizarre man just standing and watching us because that's not creepy at all for you to just stand and watch people unload their car. In not the only the people, night. two women by themselves yeah. in a dark in a yeah. and isolated. Yeah. And it wasn't lot. like he was on the phone no. or he was like, you know, out for a smoke. Like he was, he was just bizarre. And yes. so that was a little unsettling. And I think that kind of set the tone. And of course we were already tired and um, we, we go into the room and you had had a little bit of trouble at the front desk getting the key like the the, right. the girl giving you the key had had a little bit of trouble getting the yeah. key made and the next morning um 
<laughs> in this lovely set of circumstances, you know, we go to bed at probably what? I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Oh, yeah, at least. And at like 6 o'clock in the morning, the nightstand alarm clock goes off, <laughs> blaring <laughs> and, and, you know, wakes us up. But it, but it wasn't like a full wake up. It was no. like this total like, oh my God, where are we? What's going on? And so I'm just like slamming every button I can <laughs> on the nightstand thing. And then I get it to go off. But unfortunately, I had hit snooze, <laughs> right. not off. And so 15 minutes later, it blares again and we both sit straight up in bed and then at like seven o'clock which wasn't that much later you know someone starts like trying to get in the door not like knocking on the door but like trying to unlock the door and thankfully we had that little bar thing over the door I don't know what it's called lock and 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 she's like housekeeping house at at like seven o'clock in the morning yeah and I remember us both being like you know this someone's in here someone's in here so I think at that point you just gave up I on got the whole a, concept of sleep got you got up to get a shower and, she came back, right? and like 15 minutes later no it was a man oh, 15 right. minutes later someone else that's starts right. trying to get in the door and and starts you know housekeeping housekeeping and I'm like someone's in here and so that really sparked this idea of this of a woman traveling alone because you know that makes it a little more spooky yeah and the and this series of things happening for her and I'm not going to go into it no, because obviously cool. I want you guys to read the book yeah. but that really sparked like this adventure that I'm about to send some poor character on yeah. um and it's a spin-off and, from the the Sloan book. Yes, it yeah. will be a character who has been featured in Cedar Creek. Yes. I know I know who she is and, and, and feel like she needs to get her own story. And so um, it'll be a character in Cedar Creek. And then I have a completely different, separate um, series planned. And I don't know, I may set them in Cedar Creek just because I really like the idea of being in a small town and kind of everybody knowing everybody and being interconnected somehow. But this one, actually, the idea for this series... Um, my husband is the youngest of five brothers, and um, unfortunately, his mom passed away a few years ago, and when we went to go to her funeral service, my sister-in-law had kind of taken a bunch of pictures that she had and that mom had, and had kind of separated them out into the boys, mm-hmm. and she, what she asked was for each of the boys to go through the pictures and choose photos so that each one of them would have a poster, kind of like a tribute to their mom, oh. on display yeah. at the funeral, and what was so interesting to me was in the pictures that they chose, you could clearly see each son's different relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the sons, most of the pictures that he chose were when he was young, you know, when he was a little kid and she was his mom. And, and, and for, and for one of the sons, like most of the pictures were his children and their relationship with their grandmother. And, and, you know, some of them were with places that he and the mother had been or visited together. You know what I mean? So it was interesting to see how each son's relationship with his mom was reflected differently in those pictures. So that was kind of a, a story idea for me or a spark for me of, of having um, of having a mother pass away, having a mother die, and then exploring each of her children's reaction to her death because, you know, obviously we love all of our children and, and you love them all in different ways, you know, and you have different relationships with each of your children because they're different people. And so kind of exploring that idea of when a mom passes away, that means something different to each of those offspring. And so exploring that, um, but I, I flipped it and had it be five girls because I don't really know how men think, nor do I understand how men think. So I flipped it to be five girls for my series. And, um, the, 
my mother-in-law's best friend also did a poster for her funeral service. And her pictures were obviously entirely different from the boys because this has been a, a girl that she was best friends with since they were teenagers. They had a lifelong friendship. And there was a picture she had posted of my mother-in-law that I'd never seen. And it was on the Jersey Shore. And it was, you know, when they were young, I, I don't know, maybe early 20s. I'm not really sure of the timing of the photograph. And my mother-in-law looked absolutely gorgeous, just vivacious. She had on the cutest little two-piece, you know, and and she, her hair was just gorgeous and her eyes sparkled with this mischief like you would not believe. It was this devilish little grin on her face. And I wanted so badly to know what had she and her friend been talking about before that picture was taken? Like what had they just shared? Because she was obviously full of mirth. Mm-hmm. And that picture fascinated me because when I met my mother-in-law, my husband and I married, you know, later in life, it's our second marriage for both of us. Um, we call the first one our practice marriage, and this is the, the one that worked. And um, I met my mother-in-law as, an, as a much older woman. And, you know, and she had several health problems and, and, you know, she was a much different person than the person that I saw in that picture. And I was fascinated with that picture of like, wow, who's that? Like, I felt like very... Um, I felt very sad that I would never know that person Mm -hmm. that was in that picture. And so that kind of, kind of fed into everything else that I was thinking of not only looking at these offsprings, different views of their mother and what their mother's passing meant to them, but how we as children view our parents as our parents and not as, you know, the woman that your mother is. And, and so kind of looking at that of like, her mother lived an entire life before she was born. And what if she'd never really, you know, I'm starting the series with the baby of the five. So what if she never really knew who her mom was as a woman? So as part of her adjustment and part of her grieving period after her mother dies is to get to know who her mom was as a person rather than just as her mom. So I'm excited to do that series. I think that's going to be a a big, a big project because I, I, you know, you talked about your mind being a scary pace. I have people talking in my head all the time and I have different conversations going on in my head all the time. And so those characters are very active in my head and they talk a lot in my head and I'm kind of working out what each one of those girls went through and what their relationship was with their mother. But I, I'm excited to at some point get started. And the relationship with each other as yes. they discover. Because yes. I know my myself from from seeing my own children, there is a huge difference between, I, there's 12 years between Devin and David. And, and we sat, you know, we had family dinner last night since Kate's home and we sat around and we were, and we were looking at old pictures and we talked about their different perceptions of things and how, how vastly life changed and how Devin was 18 when my mother passed, 17 when my father passed and her understanding of my parents is so different from David who was only five and six when my parents passed, you know, she had gotten to know them at at a certain age and and same with other family members. So yeah, I would think that the sibling um, relationship would also be fascinating to include in that. So, well, and also how we remember things differently. Oh, absolutely. I I was, I was, we were at, um, we were at an event where um, three of, of the brothers, my husband and two of his brothers were sitting and talking and they were all talking about this incident that had happened when they were teenagers Mm -hmm. and all three of them remembered it differently. Like it was the same incident, but they all three remembered it differently. And I, and I think that like, you know, I think back to like family vacations that we took and like 
maybe my youngest brother remembers that as, oh, that's the trip that we were in the waterfall and that we got to go swimming. And I remember it as the trip where, you know, my period had just started and I was terrified to get in the water. And my other brother remembers it as like, well, that's the one where I got in trouble for, you know, splashing and I had to sit on the side. Like, so it's funny how like, you know, each of us are different people. And so even the same memory in our household or in our family can be interpreted entirely differently based on what we were going through and how we experienced that moment. So that that's definitely something I'm looking forward to exploring. I'm very excited about that series. Um, No, before anyone asks, I don't know when that's coming, (laughs) but, um, but we'll see. And it'll be interesting to see like what it morphs into from what we've just discussed. Exactly. And we'll, and and check back. Keep stay tuned folks. Yes. So we would love to hear from you. If you have any specific questions, if you have read one of our stories or read one of our books and you would love to know, hey, where'd you get that idea? Um, We'd love to discuss that with you. We want to know which ones you're curious about um, or we want to know if there's specific characters that you're curious about. So definitely let us know if there's something you'd like to know about our ideas. We appreciate you listening. We do. Share it. Subscribe. Subscribe to it. Mm And, um, and let us know you like it. Yes, definitely do. So yeah. thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.